From the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide and ArchD Radio and Podcasting, this is the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for Wednesday the 27th of May. I'm your host, James Meston. This new podcast is one of the ways that, as an archdiocese of many parishes, we can stay connected during this time, when we are disconnected in a lot of ways. Every Wednesday, we'll be releasing a new episode that will feature conversations with different parishes to see how they are staying connected with their congregations at the moment. Today, we'll be spending time at the Emmaus and Mount Gambier parishes. Now, this week we don't have a pastoral message as it's been a pretty busy week for Father Philip Marshall and the Catholic Church office, which is a bit of an understatement. But I have a great bit of news. On next week's episode of Parishes of Adelaide, our new Archbishop Patrick O'Regan will be delivering our pastoral message. So look out for that next Wednesday. Okay, for today's episode, I first visited the Emmaus Parish, gathering around the kitchen table that I instantly recognised as featured in their recent Facebook videos. There on the day were Father Bob and Father Michael, joined by Pastoral Associate Carmel, Parish Secretary Karen, and Parish Volunteers Mary Lynn and David. We started with one of the upcoming Sunday readings, read today by Mary Lynn. In the one spirit, we were all baptised, making one body a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. No one can say Jesus is Lord unless he is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. There is a variety of gifts, but always the same Spirit. There are all sorts of service to be done, but always to the same Lord, working in all sorts of different ways, in different people. It is the same God who is working in all of them. The particular way in which the Spirit is given to each person is for a good purpose. Just as a human body, though it is made up of many parts, is a single unit, because all these parts, though many, make one body, so it is with Christ. In the one Spirit we were all baptised, Jews as well as Greeks, slaves as well as citizens, and one Spirit was given to us all to drink. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're from the uh, Emmaus Parish and we were looking at those readings for this coming Sunday and uh, we thought that second reading just captures the dream of what's uh, driving us in in our parish in this time of the COVID-19. And... I think it really picks up the dream we have that we're starting to really realise more and more that the church is made up of all the members when they come together. And even the way we celebrate Eucharist on on our Sunday, we try to emphasise that it's the shared people who are on the altar and in the chalice and we all contribute in different ways. So that first letter of St Paul to the Corinthians picks up all sorts of services to be done. There's a variety of gifts, uh, all sorts of different ways. The Lord is, the Spirit is working in different people. 
In practice, um, there's been a lot of this uh, IT work done. There's been uh, people just dragged, uh, screaming, myself particularly, <laughs> into this uh, Zoom meetings and uh, connecting through IT. And, but it, also, apart from that, the uh, connecting with lots of people. So we thought in today's um, session uh, with James, wouldn't it be better that uh, the participants who are doing the work on the ground have a voice and it's uh, rather than us uh, reproducing a, a clerical voice you know we could hand over so i mean i would maybe start with you carmel if that's the case and what for you has been the biggest difference the biggest change i mean there's been a whole bunch of different changes the way that parish is has probably two months ago if i told you two months ago this is what parish is going to be looking like now you wouldn't have believed me probably but for you if you had to pick the single biggest thing that's changed if you had to pick one thing what would that be well i think the single biggest most impressive thing that's happened is the reach we now have beyond our walls. So that Talk a bit about that. What do you mean? Well, I mean that this, the mass that David and Bob and Michael are preparing every Saturday for Sunday has a reach that goes virtually everywhere, even across the world. And it's reaching so many people. Like I sometimes last week or the weekend before I met a couple of sacrament parents who are parents of kids in our schools but not churchgoers, and they said how much they were enjoying it. It's because you can watch it any time. You don't have to watch it live so it can fit into your lifestyle as well. So that's the single most impressive thing, I think, that, and it's going to provide a lot of food for thought for the future because that, that outreach is really larger than those who come to church. And I think the other, other major thing I've noticed is that they encourage an emphasis, I guess in this time when we've been more or less deprived of the emphasis on the liturgy of the Eucharist, we're now focusing more on the liturgy of the Word. Yeah. And scripture studies, you know, it's never been big in Catholic tradition. So there's food for thought in all of this yeah. for the future. So, um, David, we'll, we'll cross over to you now because I know you've been very instrumental in in the tech side and the, the part of, of making this sort of like these Sunday be what they are. There's been a lot of buzz going around the community, I've got to say, about what this parish is doing around that. Can you talk us through a little bit about what it is that you're doing and what makes what Emmaus is doing so uniquely different? Well, I'm not sure what makes it unique. Uh, I'm not familiar with what other parishes are doing, but um, for us, uh, we've just got a couple of cameras set up here in um, Father Michael and Father Bob's living room. And, okay, and so to start with, that's, that's unique. That's different. <laughs> I think okay. even just mm. before you even get started. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's a very um, comfortable setting. It's really like inviting yeah. viewers into the, the parish house, really, mm. which a lot of people... Parishioners would never have, have, have seen the inside of, of a parish house before. Yeah, and so it's, it's more homely and um, I don't want to say authentic, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, and because it all started around about Easter time and the, the weeks after Easter when, when the apostles and disciples were gathering in their houses, it's sort of like, oh, a, yeah. like a parallel story with, yeah. with, with that in a way. That's how the church sort of started off.
And was that the reason why setting it here was chosen? I mean, I'm, I'm keen to know kind of you go, okay, so we now actually have to get it. We're going to do live streams. Let's not do it in a church. Let's not do it in a conventional way like someone sitting in a pew watching a mass take place. What was the thought behind, no, we need to actually do this differently if this is going to be appealing or if this is going to speak, probably if this is actually going to speak to our community more authentically, what was the thought behind ch- changing it in that regard? Um, I, I can't say if there was an initial thought. We tried a few different things. I, I got different parishioners to do different readings in different settings, in, in gardens, uh, backyards, etc., of their own homes. Of course, I, I came here to record uh, Father Michael and Father Bob giving uh, a little homily, etc. Um, and I think the feedback just w- was that it was a really nice uh, setting here and we've continued on and it was convenient to meet uh, on a Saturday morning and then record it and then do the editing and post-production and all that sort of stuff <laughs> ready wow. for Sunday. Um, yeah, uh, so I think it's sort of almost become a little uh, like a habit, I think, like a routine. <laughs> and, and we're getting more and more um, efficient in doing it in, in a way. Yeah. And it's not only the, the word, it's, it's a whole mass. Yeah. yeah. We, we edit yeah. the mass, but it's, uh, it's the table of the word and the table of the Eucharist. Which, which, uh, and and during that, there's a bit of explanation as well. So, so it's, it's, it's not the formal sort of liturgy of the Eucharist. It's, it's more like, yeah, setting up a table for breaking of the bread. And Father Michael and Father Bob ex- sort of explain what's happening in a way. So it's a bit of education there as well, describing mm. the different aspects of it. Now, I know Father Bob, we had a long chat over the phone prior to, to me coming today, and um, it didn't take me a very long time to realise that you had a strong background in in media before. The way that you were just talking about this whole idea of connecting with people and reaching to people and making sure that the, the messaging was strong and the messaging was good. When all this stuff with COVID happened, did you immediately switch into that headspace of going, okay, if we're going to actually connect with people in an authentic way through a media channel instead of through conventional personable means, is what we're going to have to do be very different? Personally, I was surprised that anybody would do anything else. It seemed to me to be so natural an opportunity. And maybe, I'm not quite sure, priests of my vintage had a, an era of home masses being very common. Does anybody here remember mm, home masses? And there was a, an intimacy about those mm. and a uh, response that was quite special to it. And it's been great to be able to keep that up. And it's also opened up a lot in the process. I was, I've been surprised also by the degree of uh, response from the people. I didn't expect it would be as uh, much of a feedback as we've had. It shows there's something about this that has been missing uh, in the, uh, the Sunday liturgy, I think structurally, different possibilities have come up. One of the bigger ones, apart from the Mass, is the Zoom meetings. I hope one of the things to try when we get back into church is to run a Zoom uh, dimension on the Sunday Mass to be able to have people with phones mm. and uh, who want to, to actually be able to join in to a homily uh, with their own um, little groups of their own to discuss, smaller groups, and then an open group to make use of that technology. So I think uh, it's probably a providence in these things. We've been searching for years, how do you make a parish of 6,000 people a community? And I think we've discovered uh, through the COVID 
So it really technically it's quite exciting, especially if you have a sense of the difference between the large-scale ritual and the nature of a uh, gathering for a mass around a table. Mm. It's intrinsically different in the responses and the experience. And I've been trying for 65 years to find <coughs> some way to get out of talking at people over Sunday. Um, just a one-way. Mm. It's a terrible thing, you know. Who'd have thought that it would have been this that would have facilitated exactly. that? Yeah, That's the thing. Karen, it's interesting in conversations that I've been having with people that generally I sort of like came into this idea of doing this podcast, wanting to talk about the challenges about being in parish and being in community with other people when everyone's so separated, everyone's far apart. But so far, all anyone has talked to me about is the positives. The fact that it, there's all of these unique ways that people are coming together more. For you, has there been any standout moment that you have found where you've gone, where you've really sensed the spirit working in the community that without this happening wouldn't have been possible? Oh, certainly. Um, when it first happened in the parish office, there was a, instead of being less busy, we were extremely busy for the first few weeks. Mm. Um, and what was keeping you the most busy? It, it was contacting people. So before COVID happened, um, we would send, we would produce bulletins that, that were printed out and given out at mass. Mm. And, and 75 were sent out online for people that wanted it that way. That's increased to over 300 people online now. And those people didn't give us their email details before. Yeah. They didn't, you know, you'd ask and whatever. And, you know, there was Yeah, that. next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's suddenly, you know, we've got over 300 receiving it. Um, the Facebook page has Zoomed, uh, you know, from a, a hundred to over 250 yeah. uh, people now on our Facebook page sharing in the in the videos sharing different prayers and different ways of experiencing life together, mm. even though we're apart. The number of, you know, lovely things where you see people in their 80s with an iPad or a tablet and learning how to use it and uh, just liking something on the Facebook page. You know, that's a huge achievement for someone that age mm. and it's really brought us together in different ways. So all of those things and those stories that you hear, it's wonderful. And people just ringing up to say, how can I still contribute financially um, even though we're not coming to Mass? Yeah. So there's an intentionality to that yeah. in a way too. It, let's just say we all go back to mass tomorrow, exactly the same way that it always was. We're all back to normal business as usual. And you had to recount, well, because of COVID-19, this one thing happened that would never have happened if it wasn't for this, if you had to recount a moment. Really, actually, I, I was luckily to be the one that sent out the link with regards mm. to the parish video and the number of people that said thank you so much mm. and the beautiful messages that were received even from my family in the UK who don't have that they know people here yes. and to see and be connected in that way where they don't have that facility there it's yeah. just been wonderful so I think personally for me it's been wonderful because my family's been able to share in it but just the whole parish to be the number of just gratitude um, for that parish video was huge. And I think that's probably the thing that would stick in my mind the most. Yeah, because I think you, you when, when you think of a parish, you really think of its influence not ending at the, 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 the walls of the church itself, but not really going that far beyond. It's it's a community that's, that's localised within that. Whereas what we're talking about is now that the reach of a parish is exponentially bigger. It's as big as you can kind of uh, imagine or dream it to be 
if that's what it is that you want to do. And it, it, like you were talking about, Father Bob, if you're actually looking at really, really grabbing hold of new and innovative ways to do it, you're you're really putting yourself ahead. You're, you're, you're basically putting your hand up and going, hey, we've got something. We've got something different to say. I wonder if even more radically in a way, a lot of firms now are recalculating the office space they need uh, because so many people can work at home. I wonder whether the structure of the church is going to uh, be varied uh, geographically. Uh, we've grouped people as parishes and as a diocese. Um, in my family get-togethers now for Saturday morning, I've got a nephew in uh, Perth who joins in effortlessly to a uh, Zoom get-together. And I think that the closeness that's possible with a Zoom uh, is actually closer than you can get um, well, physically present in the one building. You can be more. No, that's present, true. Yeah, you can be more present to somebody in London uh, with Zoom than you are to somebody uh, who is at the back of the church on the same occasion. That's so true. That's so true. So the nature of presence uh, really had big implications structurally for the whole world, uh, certainly for the church too. What you're saying, though, this way of doing this, like I'm finding all the things that you're saying really exciting and, and really interesting and really groundbreaking. There would be people who do think, though, that this is departing too much from the idea of what church is, about what it is. I mean, what would be your, Father Michael, what would be your your view on that? I mean, it seems that you're, you guys are you're all in on this, from what I'm understanding. Everyone seems to be really excited and embracing this. Mm. But there may be people out there um, in, in the Catholic community who say, no, this is straying too far. We're using the, the minimum that we need in order to kind of like get the word out there to deal with the situation in COVID. You're talking about going, we've taken these extra steps further and we feel there are still more steps to take mm. to be more effective, more connected. Mm. What, what what are your feelings around the, the, the fact that there will be people who say, no, this is not the way that we, we should really do things? Well, I'd suggest that they buy the weekend advertiser of last weekend where the new bishop, uh, Patrick, gave a tremendous, it was a four-page article. He was speaking, oh, yeah, well, they've been married priests for a thousand years, so it's just man-made. I mean, that's, you don't hear bishops say that much. He was talking about plenary council, you know. There's voices that the church, and, and in that article, that weekend article, I think it was, uh, is it Frank, uh, who's the guy, Sullivan? Yes, you know Francis Sullivan. Francis, he's got some very pointed comments about the church has uh, lost face, not only with Catholics but with the wider community, mm. and it's really it's going to be uh, in danger of uh, becoming an archaeological item. So we've got a great opportunity now to say, well, okay, if we have been overly clerical overly male-dominated, uh, and if the Vatican Council says, you know, we are the people of God, and that reading that we just had, Feast of Pentecost, I, I see it as a, as a great opportunity for us to say, well, and Michael Trainer, Father Michael Trainer runs this scripture classes, and, you know, he's really saying, aren't we going to emphasise once again, as we did, you know, say 30, 40 years ago here in Adelaide, education of lay people. And isn't that part of our tradition that we've uh, let go, the reflected presence to the word, using the word as a primary medium of prayer? 
to sit with it, to be trained and encouraged and formed. I, I see it as a, a great opportunity, a, a work of the Spirit, because that's the work of God, that God can turn the destructive into the creative. And what looks like completely bad could be the the, the breakthrough catalyst to, to change, to a gestalt shift into wow, this could another way that we're called gestalt to be. Gestalt shifts are exactly what we need. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is we're at the cusp, and I think we've got a chance if we are disciplined in our thinking and do some hard reasoning and reflecting, we could actually get this to run for us. And we've become the church that of the, the Gospels of Jesus who actually worked with people uh, and used his social environment. And I think we've got the means. And he had an IT office, it was not often known, but when he uh, had the large crowd gathered by the lake, they introduced the technology, they pushed the boat out, and Jesus preached. This had never been done in the synagogue previously, and serious questions were asked as to whether this was permissible. <laughs> From Emmaus, I came back to the office and started an online recording with Mount Gambier Parish, Father Dean and Sacramental Coordinator Siska. Now, Siska's role has changed a lot during the COVID-19 shutdown, now taking on more of a communications role for the parish. I started by asking her what she was finding she's spending most of her time on. So we have a weekly bulletin. Um, it wasn't used to be part of my role, but um, it has been in the last probably about six weeks now. So we communicate mainly through our weekly bulletin that's still going. We're still printing them and we're still sending them through uh, um, email. Um, and we also have our Facebook page, our parish Facebook page, as well as our website. So those sort of like the areas that I'm responsible for at the moment, keep them, you know, um, up to date. And in a process, of course, uh, I'm in a close relationship with Father Dean. Father Dean would let me know uh, if there's any changes coming down from the um, Archdiocese office um, and things like that. So with the Facebook page, I try to have um, at least one post every day to keep people engaged and, and what sort of things do you on? put what sort of things do you put on the Facebook when you when you post um, all sorts of, of things mainly updated um, them with what's happening in a parish uh, when church was you know closed and when we reopen again and confession times becomes available those things but I also um, repost things from the Catholic Weekly from the Archdiocese of Adelaide um, from the Vatican News you know anything that is relevant and yeah. uh, useful you know for the parishioners. Now, Father Dean, you have told me, we had a bit of a chat before we got started with this today, and you were saying that you are, I forget what you said, but you're not a tech guy, is, was, is, is the way that you've put it. That's a good what was way the, of What was the term you used? I can't remember, but I'm, I'm not real good. <laughs> I'm okay if it's all working, but if something goes wrong, I'm not really up to it. <laughs> so how has this been? Because ultimately then all of the, 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 the interfacing and all of the stuff that you would usually do in a really person-to-person -person in a personable way, I mean, the thing is you could probably be in a parish quite successfully and, and have a successful parish um, without really having to engage in much tech stuff or, at all. And now all of a sudden it's completely changed. You were completely reliant on on technical things. How's it been uh, um, for, for you as a as a self-professed uh, non-IT guru? 
Well, uh, it's been a learning experience for sure, but that was the first thing that came through my mind and that's why I asked Siska to to take on this whole area because I knew that she could handle the, the Facebook page, uh, updating that. I knew she could do the, the website and I knew I had the right person from that point of view. Um, I, I can, uh, you know, write all the stuff and we can, but to get it out there over. Um, and then also we've had some really good tech people, whatever you want to call it, um, through parish councils, through school board, um, that have organised the Zoom for us. We've, we've had parish council over Zoom. Um, I'm also responsible for Millicent Parish. We've done that there over Zoom. Um, luckily, people in both our schools, St Anthony's and Tennyson, have been great organising Zoom. We've had school board meetings over Zoom. We've had a finance council over Zoom. And uh, initially, uh, it uh, you know, it's got a bit of getting used to, but that's it's fine now. So we've I've learned a lot really um, by by you know being involved with other other people. Um, the other great thing we've had uh, tremendous help from uh, the, uh, the the uh, PR department at Tennyson, and they have uh, really recorded very well my homily, weekly homily every week. You know, it's done it really professionally, and that's been able to be the links been out there and that's been able to be put up on the Facebook page and the uh, the web page so I'm very grateful to the uh, the people around around me that that have these skills and have uh, have made them available so that I can get the message out it sounds to me and this is something that I'm hearing a lot from parishes which is kind of this uh I don't know if it's surprising so much when you think when you when you really think about kind of then what's involved in order to stay connected with the parish, but it sounds like people are coming together more and people are uh, kind of gathering in community more, even though it's remote. It's in a way the parish has never been closer together. Does that sound right? Would that yeah. be a, a good assumption? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. My, my my big thing too is is the personal contact is essential. And, and being together as community is, is essential and we're missing that that personal uh, being together. Uh, we've, we've tried and I've been very conscious too that there are a lot of people, elderly people in the parish that aren't, don't even have computers. <laughs> and, we've, and I've been really conscious that they're the ones too that we can't neglect as well. And so again, with with Cisco's done a lot of this. We've uh, every week we organise um, a delivery. We've sort of got a lot of postmen, postmen and women <laughs> that deliver a little uh, package every week: newsletter, prayer card, Easter Sunday, a bottle of blessed water, Palm Sunday, a Palm Branch, prayer resources for Pentecost, for for Mary, the special Marian prayer. We've got a whole team of people that are postmen and women delivering these to people's homes, uh, knocking on their doors. They might say hello through the door, if not, leave it at their doorpost. And and I think that's been another way that we're trying to keep contact with those that are housebound and, and, and not computer savvy. So it sounds like this is a massive operation. 
and you make it sound so easy, like going, well, we just do this and we just do this and we just do this and we just do this. Siska, for you, like, what's been the biggest challenge in making all of this happen? You know, I think what we did was what just to think about what's the next best thing we could do, considering the situation. Uh, now looking back, you're right. It, it, it does sound like a big operation. But when we started it, we started with, I think, 20 or 30 care packages, you know, just people that Father Dean could think on the spot, okay, we need to deliver to this, 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 and we had 30 names. And now we've, it's grown to 125. Oh, so enormous. It is. <laughs> but enormous. like I said, when we started it, it didn't, it didn't think, we didn't think it was going to be a big production because we just wanted to do the next best thing that we could do. Yeah. And it just grew from there. And the first couple of weeks was, a uh, couple of weekends was a le massive learning curve because we're not sure how we're going to do this but now it's like a production line you know so we knew exactly what we wanted to do how many we need to do um, and things like that and um, so we have done a lot of printing and a lot of folding um, but yeah it's it's working and, and I could see people are very appreciative of what we're doing um, and if I could add with what Father Dean was saying when um we a lot of people are thinking about what we can use, how we can use the technology, you know, to stay connected and things like that. And Father Dean just made a comment. He said, "What about a phone calls?" And it's funny how that wasn't the first thing that we thought of as, mm. I guess, the younger generation. And Father Dean and Father Sam, they've been making phone calls to the parishioners on a daily basis. And and I have parishioners came to me and I said. I received a phone call from Father Dean this week, you know, like they, it wasn't, um, they didn't expect that, but it was such a lovely gesture from our priest to actually pick up the phone and made a couple of minutes phone calls. Because for a lot of them, um, it's probably the first time that anything like this has ever happened, I imagine. Yeah, that's and that's right. that's sorry, that makes it sound like I'm like uh, disparaging in some way, Father Dean, but I'm not because it's just that is almost it's a way of connecting from times past, isn't it? More so that more Absolutely. reaching out to commissioners one by one. Is this one of those things? Because I was having a conversation with um, um, someone in a parish a couple of weeks ago, and they were saying what we've realised is that there's going to be a number of things that we've kind of employed during this time, which harken back to the more older way of um, uh, people who are like priests or or people who are sort of like in charge of of operations at the parish to have a more one on one and uh, that more kind of personal uh, connection. Are these things, any of these things, some of those sort of like more old school ways, things that you're thinking of re retaking back up? Oh, well, I think I, I've always thought, you know, I wish I had more time to uh, to visit people. And uh, so this is, you know, we've used the phone to do it and to talk to people. And that, that's been great because uh, just to ring up and say, uh, normally a priest, when you're so busy, you ring up and you've all, you've got, something in mind yeah. you've got to communicate something you've got to ask for something you've got to organize something but it's been wonderful just to ring up and say just ringing up say hello see how you're going and just and just have a conversation that that's that's been really really wonderful to have that space and that time just to be with people with no other agenda yeah. you know i want you to do this and what about that except to see how you're going and, 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 you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> so that, that's, uh, 
That's been great. Um, the other area that I've really missed, unfortunately, is the whole area of, of the, the uh, people in our nursing homes and in our hospitals because they've effectively been shut, shut in. They've yeah. been shut down. And So uh, what do you do in that regard then? How do you well, I, that? Well, this is a real... I can go to people if they're really sick and they ask me and I'm doing that. But other than that... Uh, and, and this is where the care packages have come in. Our normal lay ministers that, that visit as well, they've been delivering the packages to the to the organisation and they've been physically delivering them to, out to all our people. So, but I, I've, I've missed that, again, that personal encounter and praying with our, our sick and giving them the sacraments, uh, uh, except for those that are, that are very sick. We realize how, no matter how advanced the technology has helped us in our day-to-day life, I think human interaction, human connection is, we're created to be in communion, you know. And um, it's great that we have been able to continue our life somewhat, you know, using technology with Zoom meeting and all that. But... um, Nothing compares to a physical connection, being able to embrace someone when you see them after such a long time, you know. And so that's that's happened. You've had these moments, like, I guess more recently, where you can actually all of a sudden be back together with people. Absolutely. Has there been been any one particular um, meeting that you've had with someone again after a period of time that's going to stick with you? Oh, uh, just throughout the week when we started, uh, when we could open the churches again, and because um, I was in the pa- in the office, which is just across the road from the church, and parishioners started to walk past the church and I you know, the, the office, and I could see them, and we started greeting each other. It was so lovely. And last Saturday we had um, our first youth group meeting, and because we couldn't have a big one, we only had the core members, so just the a musician and the youth leaders. So there were nine of them. At plus Father Dean, and I picked up my son, so I, you know, I came in to pick him up. And all of those youth there, they were like overjoyed. They were like, oh my gosh, how good is this to be able to get together again, you know? And um, I think f- when these things go back to whatever normal is going to be, we would definitely appreciate that more, you know? We would, yeah. hopefully, we won't take that for granted <laughs> anymore. How about for you, Father Dean? Uh, so much has come back to me with with parishioners telling me that, that despite not being able to initially come to church and, and even go to Mass, that how they've been praying on at home on their own, um, saying the rosary. I know of one woman that, uh, you know, we've got the wonderful Blue Lake here. I know that one woman goes up every day and parks up behind the Blue Lake and prays the rosary for Mount Gambia. And, and I've heard stories of, of how that people are praying at home, live streaming mass using spiritual communion. So I know a lot of prayers been going on. And when we haven't had mass and when we've had the uh, uh, the church open with the Blessed Sacrament um, exposed, people have been coming and praying. So I, I feel that, um, you know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. That I, I, And because of the the virus. I'm, um, I know that people have really been 
praying and praying for each other. Uh, and also, I think it's brought us together like we can have mass now for, uh, for 10 people and we've got the rosters out each day and for Sunday. And a number of people, I've, I'm spreading the word, you know, put your name on the roster, get in, get in. And a number of people are saying, I, I want others to have the opportunity. So that, that whole sense of uh, thinking of others too. So I think this has been a time when we're, um, we're growing in our faith, in our connection with God and we're longing for that to continue and and to be renewed again when we can all get back together again because I think there's a stronger sense of each other as well. Parishes of Adelaide is a production of ArchD Radio and Podcasting for the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide. You can subscribe to this podcast and have it delivered to your device every Wednesday as soon as it's released on whatever platform you're listening to it on right now. Music in this episode was from Lee Rosevere, Kevin McLeod and Hyde. If you think there are other people who may enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. And if there are others you know or in your parish who don't have the technology to listen to podcasts on their phone, iPad, computer, or other digital device, we can make CDs of this podcast available. Please contact me by email, that's in the show notes, and we'll work out how to get those to you. You can also ring on our message line and record your own message to the Archdiocese for inclusion on the next episode. As this podcast is all about parishes and parishioners of Adelaide, it seems only fitting that we feature all of those voices as much as we can. I'll include the number in the podcast show notes too, but if you call 8301-6633, that's 8301-6633, and follow the prompts, you can be heard on the next episode of Parishes of Adelaide, and it'll be great to hear from you. My name is James Meston. I look forward to catching up with you again next Wednesday. See you next week.